Hey everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the DIY Small Business Podcast. In this solo episode, I want to talk about writing a book for your business, which is something I've just done and have a lot of feelings and thoughts about that I would love to share with you. I also want to make a few announcements. The first one is that the Embodied Business Community is opening for enrollment. Um, I have 15 spots. Um, it opens three times a year and it's a year-long group coaching experience with a 10-module course. So the 10-module course covers lots and lots of different things from really finding out who you're trying to serve to coming up with sustainable and beautiful offerings, thinking about pricing, social media, ethical marketing, the tech support you need, um, building a newsletter list, all those kinds of things. And then we have monthly group coaching calls. We also have themed live workshops. And at the end of September, I'm starting a live round that, that kind of guides all of us together through the course at the same time, um, just to kind of give everyone a little bit of extra accountability and support. Lots of people take the course several times as, as kind of, of part of their experience in the community because, of course, things change. We come up with new products. We want to create new um, marketing plans. We want to revisit certain questions, and it's really beautiful to be part of a community for that. I think building a small business can be a lonely experience sometimes, and so I really wanted to build a community of like-minded people who want to do things differently, who have feminist, anti-capitalist values, and also want to start up a small business or run a small business. I'm really happy with the people that have come together in the last two years and just always leave our calls feeling really nourished and refreshed and just in the comfort of solidarity. So I would love for a few more people to join us. Um, the price is $300 for the year, which includes a one-on-one -on -one session with me. And you can also pay in three installments of $100. I'm going to link to that in the show notes. And if you have any questions, please let me know. I'm definitely here. And the other announcement is just that I'm really open to more requests for this podcast. Um, the last episode that I did and the one that I'm doing now are both um, kind of responses to specific requests that people made and I really enjoy that so much so if there's anything that you would like to learn more about please let me know I would love to hear and I want to talk a little bit about writing a book as part of your business so maybe you have heard that I've just published my book Rituals Simple and Radical Practices for Enchantment in Times of Crisis and that belongs to my other business which is called Daydream Rules and also has a podcast and yeah, I just want to begin by saying how I did it. Um, that's a, a question that I've heard a lot. So I wrote this book between May and July this year. So really in, in the middle of lockdown, basically. And I made a promise to myself to write a thousand words every morning before I did every, anything else. And that sounds like a lot. And it was some days. Sometimes some days were really oh god just I was tired and overwhelmed and sad and exhausted and I didn't really have anything to say but I have to say that most of the time I felt really grateful to have this container to have something to kind of fall into because I was having a little bit less client work um, I was having a little bit more spaciousness in my days there wasn't such a massive shift for me because I was working from home anyway um but the kind of work that I did at that time had, had shifted a little bit and um, some of the projects that I had planned to work on had been cancelled because they were 
meant to be for local businesses that had to shut down and then didn't want to make that investment anymore, which makes total sense. And so, yeah, that was actually a really good container for me. And I love this expression, letting devo- letting discipline become devotion. Because discipline obviously isn't necessarily like a super sexy, exciting word. Um, sometimes maybe it's necessary, but I feel like our ideas of what discipline could look like are so much shaped by capitalism and productivity culture. So just doesn't really feel super fun to me. Um, whereas devotion, I feel, to me, feels a lot more like really giving a part of myself and really doing it because I just absolutely want to and because it feels like the right thing to do. And and then I don't have to be in discipline necessarily anymore. I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe it doesn't. That's okay. But that's what it felt like for me. So I really enjoyed writing a thousand words every day And I did that for about six weeks and then I started editing it and I did four rounds of editing myself. I was really surprised by the fact that I didn't spot a lot of things that stood out to me in later edits the first few times because I was, like I said, pretty tired, pretty overwhelmed, exhausted and didn't have the headspace that I wished that I had for those first few edits. So when I really started doing it in smaller chunks and reading it out loud, I went a lot deeper, I think, in editing and fleshing out the different chapters. I had a structure that I pretty much stuck to right from the beginning. I wrote the book in three parts. The first one is a general overview of ritual practice and how I feel about different aspects of it. I really hope that it's not prescriptive in any way. It's just my thoughts and a space to think about your own thoughts. And then the middle part is a much larger section, which is full of different small and embodied and doable ritual practices. And then the last part, the third one, is about building a sustainable and long-term practice to lean into. And so those are mainly thoughts about how do we create habits that feel really good without falling into any kind of shame or um, rigidness around that. So that's been interesting to write as well. And... Yeah, the theme overall, I think, obviously, these are things that I had already been working on for many years. I taught the Embodied Magic program for two years. I've been running the podcast Daydream of Rose and had so many beautiful conversations with different people um, about ritual practice and politicized healing and what these things mean to them. And so a lot of that, I guess, has gone into the book. And I think for me, it was really good to pick a subject that I feel... I was already so familiar with I was it was really close to my heart and I felt like I was just letting something out basically that had already been working with for a long time I had also joined a program by my friend Sophie Dale who's also been in the program uh, on the podcast sorry she runs a program called the Varita Studio and it was a small group of people that were writing on all kinds of different projects together over a period of six weeks. Um, We had several group coaching calls and a workshop group where we were really cheering each other on. And that was so helpful for me. That really made a big difference in how I was motivated. I think I probably wouldn't have experienced the shift from discipline to a devotion that I just talked about had I not had the support of that group. So that was really great. 
I want to talk a little bit more now about the technical things of how I made this work, just in case that's interesting to you. So I just wrote it out in Word. I didn't have any kind of writing-specific um, software, and that was totally okay for me. I initially hired someone to do my cover design, but I was really unhappy with the, the kind of drafts that that person came up with, and I ended up doing it myself. Um, I'm really happy with the cover design now. Generally, I think I think that was really lucky and that I don't think that will work for many people. I've certainly never designed a cover before. I don't think that I would be very good at it. And I think usually it really felt to me like I was almost a bit too close to the book to do it well. And then and then I found this graphic, which is hard to describe, but it's basically plants that wrap around the cover and that kind of fell into place and really made sense. But I think had that not happened, I would probably have hired someone else and tried different things to find something that feel, feels really good. I also hired someone to format the book because I had never done that before and I knew I wanted it to be available in different formats. So it's a 9 by 6 inches paper uh, a trade book, US trade, that's the dimension. Um, and so obviously, yeah, it's a paper book and it's also available for Kindle and different kinds of e-readers. And I had never done that formatting before. So there's stuff to consider, like um, you want to have the the chapter overview clickable on an ebook, for example. And so I just had no idea and so much else in my mind already. So I hired it out and that was a tricky process as well. Um, the first person I hired kind of really misunderstood the chapter overview it took a lot longer and then two weeks after many edits I finally gave up because we weren't getting anywhere and hired someone else and that person got it done in a week and that was really great and everything is wonderful now. I did a lot of thinking about which um, print-on-demand platform to use and I obviously did self-publish this book and I will touch on why I did that in a moment. But I went with Ingram Sparks in the end, and that's mainly because I wanted a really wide distribution network so that small local bookshops could order the book but also get a good retail discount and return them. So I learned, and I'm really just at the beginning of like learning about these things, but I learned that for a small independent bookshop, it would be important to have 55% as a wholesale discount and to be able to return those books. And I think that Ingram Sparks is one of the only, if, if a small number of um, platforms that allows people to return the books and you then have an option to either pay for postage and receive them back or have them be destroyed, which I thought would be super sad. So I'm getting them. Um, but yeah, um, it takes a while. I will say that I, I did expect that you would upload the book and it would be available within a week, but it took more than three weeks. There's been processing and back and forth and I received a proof copy and then the margins weren't quite right. So I had to update that and then wait again. Um, so I next time would definitely budget more time for that. But generally, I'm really happy with Ingram Sparks. Um, they have a lot of free courses and there, a lot of support um, to help you set it all up. So that's great. And then I have my books on Amazon as well. I initially only wanted to have it on there as an ebook, but yeah, what can I say? I'm not happy with that. I would really love it if everyone just ordered the book um, through an indie bookshop. Um, there's different online 
platforms where you can order online now and then support your local bookshops at the same time. Um, in Germany, uh, I forgot what it is, but yeah, in the in the UK we have something called Hive, and in the US there's something called IndieBound. And so I think in that sense there's almost really no reason to order on Amazon because using IndieBound or Hive is really just as convenient. You know, it, it ships, ships really quickly, it's really affordable, and you support your local bookshop. So that's fantastic. Um, but obviously Amazon still has a really big market share, and I'm aware that by just having it on there, a lot of people would discover the book and maybe, maybe my work as well. So it's imperfect. It's something that I'm definitely still thinking about and, and navigating. Um, yeah, and then I want to speak to briefly on why I chose to self-publish this time. So I, um, well, <clears throat> I really actually am into DIY culture. I think there's something really beautiful and empowering about doing something and doing it yourself and being really fully in charge and control of the whole process and learning about it as you go, even if it's not perfect. I am sure that there's also lots of beauty in having the support of a publisher, and I'm definitely open to that in the future as well. But I feel like this book, especially to me, also had a real sense of immediacy. I really wanted to write about these times in these times and offer that to the world pretty much right away. And so working with a publisher would have probably taken at least a year to have the book out in people's hands, and that was just not something that felt right for me at this time so I didn't try to get an agent I didn't apply anywhere and that's okay I might do that in the future and yeah we'll see I'll let you know <laughs> um okay the next thing I want to talk a little bit about is what I do to promote the book <clears throat> so obviously I'm sending a newsletter I've just sent it out I'll send another one in a few weeks um I'm going to continue talking about it I'm posting on social media I'm going to run a giveaway I'm sending a lot of copies out to other people that I really appreciate. Um, I'm doing a podcast tour. Um, I'm experimenting with Pinterest a little bit at the moment because I I don't see it as a social media platform, but it can be a great visual search engine that maybe brings more people to my podcast and in that way also promotes my book. I have added it into my email signature, so there's a big graphic now that says my book is out. There's a feature on my website, of course, um, and then it also goes out to all my patrons. So all patrons have received a digital copy, and um, I've asked people in my community to share and leave reviews. So that's what I have on my plan so far. Um, I might also do some more conventional PR. I've reached out to some journalists. Um, I haven't gotten very far with that yet, but to be honest, I'm, I'm giving myself a lot of grace at the moment. I feel like there's just so much going on, and I just want to pause here also and celebrate that I did a big thing and not rush too much. Um, I think what, something that I really like about a book is that there's more of a sense of timelessness, and it's just not as urgent as a program, for example, that starts and ends at a certain time. So... I will get to that in time. <laughs> um, something that I think is probably also good to think about is if you if you are going to write a book for your business, what is a good outcome for you? And for me, it's been really clear that this was not necessarily a financial gain to my business. When I think about how much I spent to, for on it so far in terms of 
um, the support I received, the program that I was part of, the proof copies are ordered, the copies that I'm going to send out to people, then I'm not expecting to make that money back very soon and I'm pretty okay with that. Obviously, if I do, that, that would be amazing. Um, but I'm just not counting on it. I see it as an expression of myself, as something that I really wanted to do and wanted to say and share with the world, but also as um, a way for people to get to know my work in kind of like a less uh, risky way compared to, say, booking a one-on-one session with me or becoming a Patreon, which is actually also not very expensive. But anyway, (laughs) um, I think it's just another format to communicate with people. And I hope that readers will consider becoming a Patreon and taking part in my programs and that in that way it is promoting my work, but it's not really um, a money-making machine for me, if that makes sense. I want to close by talking a bit about what has worked for me and what hasn't. So what has worked really well was the structure I gave myself. Beginning to write with a clear outline of the book was really important and then also making that commitment to writing a thousand words every morning. That was something I really enjoyed. I'm also glad that I invested in the community support with Sophie Dale's program because that just made it so much easier and made me feel less alone in the program. And then finally, I really enjoyed it. I started small. I didn't have a big word count that I aimed for. This book has 150 pages and it feels good. It feels good in my hands. It feels like it's just the right size. It's not massive. It's, it's also not a book that claims to be a big general overview of rituals. It's really just one person at one point in time thinking about rituals and things that work for me. So I'm not claiming to be an expert or a guru or whatever just just someone who's really into this stuff and wants to write about it and that feels good just giving myself that permission to be myself and to not um blow it up bigger than it needs to be what i would do differently is that um reading the book and holding it in my hands now obviously now that i have it had a much longer break after my last edit so i've read it many times in the editing process but now that I've been uploading it and waiting and formatting, there's other other things that stand out to me that maybe I would have changed. So, for example, there's small inconsistencies in the introduction, or maybe inconsistencies is the wrong word, but I just when I read it out loud, as I did for my other podcast the other day, it felt a bit disjointed, and I wondered if really there is a clear arch in the introduction, and I meant everything that I said, but I feel like maybe this could could have been shuffled around a little bit better and yeah so there's small things now that I look back and feel like hmm, if I had given myself a little bit more time or if I had worked with a developmental editor maybe it could have been a little bit more refined and I sat with that obviously it is com- uncomfortable and you know to have something so personal out into the world and be aware that it has flaws But I'm trying to really remind myself that that is part of the creative process, that there's no way that I could have written a perfect book this year, like literally no way. And that I'm just glad I did it anyway. And that also maybe the fact that it is imperfect and flawed in some ways is encouraging other people to do something that maybe they feel a bit unsure about. The other thing is that I think in the process of uploading and formatting the book, I at times felt a little bit frustrated because I had imagined it to work so much more quickly and so in the future I'll just be aware of that and manage my own expectations 
a little bit better. And then finally, I spotted a few typos, which is such a cliche, and I don't even know why I mentioned that, but someone pointed it out to me, and it really was a bummer. Um, and uh, I think I edited them back in at the very end when I did my last round of edits. And, you know, that's, that's just what happens. That's human, and it's okay, but I wish I had spotted them. That would have been cool. So yeah, I really hope that this has given you an overview of my process. I will definitely let you know and check back later in the year to see how it's been going and um, what the promotion was like, what I would do differently with that. And yeah, if you feel excited, I really just want to give you a massive digital permission slip. If you feel a little bit overwhelmed with the prospect of writing a whole book, maybe write a zine. The zines are so fun and... Yeah, they can just so be such be such a beautiful addition to your business as well. And if you made one and you want to show me, I would love to see that. Please email me. Cool. I think that's all I have to say for today. If you want to join the Embodied Business Community, check out the links. If you have questions, let me know. And again, thank you so much for listening.